Hey, Willow. Hey, Gene. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Bookstabber. How you doing? Doing all right. I am Willow Payne. I am one of the people who makes Library Comic, and I am the sole proprietor of The Haunted Skull. Nice. And I am Gene Ambom, and I write Library Comic, which Willow draws. Uh, today we're going to talk about a book from... Way back in 1980, originally published, but republished a few times. It is Conan the Rebel by Paul Anderson. Now, uh, this is a Conan book not written by Robert E. Howard, but kind of based on the work of Robert E. Howard. Uh, there were a lot of novels written using, well, written based on Howard's characters, sometimes kind of tried to be placed in continuity uh, by various authors. This is the only one written by Paul Anderson, who is arguably the most decorated fantasy and science fiction author ever to write a Conan novel. <laughs> that is a, uh, I was about to say, like, until you got to that point, I was like, I don't think that's true at all. You don't think it is? Well, I thought, because I thought you were going to say he's just the most decorated science fiction fantasy author, no, uh, period. No, 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 no. I mean, he's a, he's a science fiction writer of America Grandmaster. He's in the Hall of Fame. He won the... Do you think he is more decorated than Robert Howard himself? Uh, I don't think Howard was, was much decorated in his time. Yeah, but being decorated in your time and being, I don't know, i there's lots of people that we, we come to post-mortem and we say, oh, this person was cool. I, that's just wishful thinking on my part. I hope that someone finds my work after I'm long dead and thinks I'm cool. <laughs> well, I think Howard may be more celebrated after his after his demise, but uh, yeah, I think Anderson was much more celebrated in his in his time. And um I, it, this, is Paul Anderson? Is he is he dead? Yeah, he passed away in uh, two thousand one. Okay, but he wrote he wrote from the forties through the through the like early well, up, up until up until his death. He wrote and published books, so uh, the list is quite long. Um, He's a prolific author, and yes. uh, which I think explains a lot about <laughs> Conan the Rebel. I don't, I don't know if it does. <laughs> I don't know if prolific has anything to do with this book but hey we're gonna spoil this book we're gonna spoil this book we're gonna spoil the hell out of this book can, can i give the oh yeah there's <laughs> can i give the pitch for this book can i give the short pitch for this book please be my guest okay if you know the conan stories at all uh which were mostly short stories and maybe maybe novellas depending on what you think a novella length is uh this book takes place in the middle of the story that is the queen of the black coast which is which is one of the best conan stories out there and in that story, Conan basically uh, becomes a pirate with his pirate lover, Belit, who is captain of a, of a pirate galley and is trying to get revenge on Stygia, which is one of the lands in, in, the, in the world of Conan. And wow. And, and in this book, Conan gets some of that revenge. <laughs> this book takes place between chapters one and two of that, of that story. I know there's a lot of hacking. There's there's a lot of barbarity. There's a lot of vocabulary words I did not understand without having to look them up. I'm so glad I read this as an ebook. Um, I I I I don't really like this 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 story has all I, all I would say is like like the violence is great. Any time where they discuss the background, it's not. Uh, there's magic. There like Stygia is Stygia in, in Stygia they worship the Temple of Set. Uh, the big snake god Set wants to stop Conan from achieving his destiny, which is finding this axe, which is from the uh, sun god Mitra, given given to uh, a warrior in a land that is now in rebellion, and it is Conan's destiny. The people in Taia, that land, 
they think, to find this axe and help free them from Stygia. And so, hey, guess what happens in the book? I don't want to ruin it for you, but <laughs> it's pretty straightforward fantasy. Uh, it is <laughs> it is way more complicated than any of the original Conan stories were because it has multiple threads and because it's, it is a modern novel. So, yeah, I mean... I'm, it, I, I disagree that it has multiple threads. It really does not have multiple threads. Well, well no, it, I mean, I mean so, 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 so anyway, that, that, that's my, that's my not-so-good, hey, this is a fantasy book from 1980s pitch for this. But, but um, yeah, I mean, well, the threads are... There's, a, there's like, there's the part where Tothapis, the wizard, the, the, the priest of Set, is, is talking to Set at the beginning. Conan has nothing to do with that. There's the parts that take place in Taia, T-A-I-A, the land that's in rebellion that Conan doesn't have anything to do with. There's a couple of threads that kind of come together later. And and I mean, it all ends in a great dungeon crawl, right? Which I, I liked, but the dungeon crawl is over way too quick and the end resolves itself very, very fast. And I, I don't know. Yeah, this book was hard to read at all. And I, here's the thing. I was excited for this book. Because uh, I am a big fan of Conan the Barbarian stories, and I'm a fan of Paul Anderson. I think he's a great author. What, this is not a good book by him. What, what, this what, one what, is what have you read by Anderson? The last thing I read by him was The Broken Sword, which is a story about Vikings and elves and trolls all at war with each other. It's really great. I think that's one of his major books, and that's that's a quite early book, right? 50s or 60s, I think? I don't know the exact date. There's... Uh, See, see I, I've been eyeing these Conan books for years because I'm a fan of uh, Offit's work, especially in the Thieves World canon, where Offit created a, a character called Shadowspawn, this thief who I really enjoyed as a 12 and 13 year old reading about. So I've wanted to read some of Offit's books. And then Offit's son wrote a book about him, about his dad. His son is an author called My Father the Pornographer, because Offit not only wrote fantasy and science fiction, he also wrote uh, adult novels under various pen names. And so I, I, I've got several of these Conan books in my collection, and I've been trying to figure out where to start. And I thought, oh, Paul Anderson, that's got to be the best one. And Right. You, you've you actually sent me some Andrew J. Offit. Uh, I have them here on my shelf. Yeah, I haven't really been able to get into them as an adult, though, I have to say. <laughs> like I've, I've, I, I tried. They're not great. I've picked up one or two, but 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 I have I have the uh, the memory of those Thieves World stories. And uh, it, it's a good memory. Maybe I'll just hold out of that. I don't know. But I, but I will try to read some more Offit. But but uh, I also found out I had a copy of The Broken Sword on my shelf, which I'll try to read soon. But yeah, I recommend The Broken Sword. I think that one is it's a lot of fun. So this book, why doesn't this book work, Willow? I... Well, at its core, it's it's a little too straightforward. It it really isn't about much of anything at all. Like if we, we could it, it's not a long book, but it, I could only read it two eight pages at a time because it was just like right. it was one of those book reports that a third grader has to write. And they just pack every sentence with as many words as possible to artificially lengthen it. You know? Well, well, it, it it felt like that at some points, which reminded me of Howard a little bit. But but it it feels like it's not done quite in quite the same style. Yeah, it's not it's not artful, especially in the places where the background where where it's just background information. So the actual book it starts with all right, evil priest talks to another evil priest and and snake god. They say, hey, this Conan guy needs to die. So then they sit around and think about how do we kill Conan. They their plan is pretty simple. One of the priestesses wants to seduce him and kill him and control him. That's fine. But is really is 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 really I'm I'm and this is important. Very horny for Conan, as are as is every woman in the story, right? 
Yeah, no, that's a huge problem with it. Um, we cut to Conan uh, and and Belit. Uh, their entire motivation is Belit's brother is somewhere along here, Jahannan. They got to get him back, so they go on a mission to go get him back because they fi- they 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 raid another ship, they fight another ship, they find a slave on that ship. That slave seems to know who Jahannan is. Turns out he's so lying. Like, oh, Jahannan's alive! <laughs> right, we got to go find him. So we're gonna go find him. Uh, and, and don't forget, Conan... don't forget. By this point, off in the middle of nowhere, there's a scene where a princess in the land in rebellion is taken captive. Conan gets captured immediately. First thing to happen, Conan gets captured. Why doesn't just get captured? Uh, Conan goes into like basically the worst room ever, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'll hang out here for a week." And then he wakes up from a nap, and there's a bunch of soldiers in there. <laughs> Right, and I believe we discover that the slave that that tricked them that he was uh, he was working for the evil priest. Well, we don't even have the we don't even have a surprise of that because we knew that all along because we saw him being being told to go do that by the evil wizard, right? Yeah, it's not much of a surprise. It's it's pretty obvious. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Conan's captured, and with him is this guy named Falco and this uh, woman named Doris. Well, it's important. The horny witch lady wants to. Sh- she's like, well, I don't really want to torture him. I think it'd be better if I just let f- the four prisoners we have have a conversation. <laughs> and, right. And we just for some reason. and we just listen in, and then. And so, so it's, yeah, so, sorry, it's Conan Falco, who's just like this nothing pirate guy, Jahannan, Bilit's brother, and uh, Daris, who's the princess from the Land in Rebellion, right? Who's also horny for Conan. Yeah, everyone is horny for Conan, and I get it. Have you seen Conan? Rawr. Um, <laughs> As drawn by, uh, who, who's the guy who did all the covers? Frank Frazetta. Frank Frazetta, thanks, yep. Sex just drips off Conan. So, so Conan's a prisoner. The this princess, uh, whose name I can't remember. It's, well, it's Dehekba n- or something. Nehekba. 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 Right. She. Well, she has multiple names. Right. She's also been boning Jahannan under one name and Falco under another name. But Falco is kind of this love lost person, and he don't want, doesn't want to believe it. But what she really wants to do is is hose Conan. She wants to just really get in there and get some of that Conan. So, so Conan admits that he would like to have sex with her, but, but he won't for, you know, because he's a cool guy, I guess. Well, Conan, it's important to remember Conan, Conan's a barbarian, but, but he's, he's not a, uh, an unloyal barbarian. (laughs) He's saving himself to get back to the ship with the lid. He won't. Well, there are, there are multiple times over the course of this adventure where he really is not very loyal, but like, it's, it, he doesn't actually consummate anything with anyone, so whatever. Well, he saved it's us, fine. he saved us a very awkward Paul Anderson, very, very descriptive sex scene, which I'm forever gl- grateful for. I will take the moral Conan. <laughs> So they break out of they break out of this uh, jail cell. They run around for a little while in Stygia. With- Importantly, when the witch tries to get Conan to to, to do her, <laughs> and he instead beats her up and gets out. Right. Right. It wasn't hard at all. Actually, <laughs> it wasn't hard. It wasn't really hard. Hey, I'm going to throw this mirror on your throat that seems to be magic over there and beat up your guard. And then I'll I'll admit that uh, you have more of the the hard details than I this episode, which is unusual for our dynamic because this was just painful to read. This was so hard. So I know the broad strokes, the fine details have long escaped me because this book took me forever to get through. Well, I did I did hit a point. So, I did hit a point. So when when they escaped, when they escaped, I was suddenly like there was some violence, and that violence carried me forward because because it's almost there's almost a nonstop thread of violence that runs through the book from that point. Like. They run out, 
Conan kills Conan and his companions, but mostly Conan kills. They kill ten guards at once, kind of silently. Conan kills this giant snake in the middle of the night. Apparently in Stygia, it's such a great place, and they worship Set so much they let these giant pythons roam around and kill whoever they can to eat. Right. Conan- these are these are supposed to be magic snakes. I, I didn't want to get bogged down in every minute detail. I, I really wanted to demonstrate that the story is very simple. Conan gets captured. Conan breaks free. I think he gets captured again at some point. He does. <laughs> uh, they, 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 they get free again. They find this temple that's guarded by a bunch of skeletons. They get in it. They find a magical axe. Uh, there's a couple of moments where people are like flying around on a winged boat or something. Well, there's a winged boat, and the wizard arrives on a on a dragon of some kind at some point, and. Uh... But uh, Conan beats them all with his axe, and honestly, there's a magic nothing... axe. There's a magic axe. There's some cool ghouls. I'll say some really cool ghouls in the ruins. The zombies not so great. They're fine, but it's yeah. There's like so. I after I read this book, I had to go revisit some other Conan stuff to remind myself. Like, is Conan the Barbarian actually good at all ever? And the answer is yes. I, Conan the Barbarian has a lot going so great, for it so great. outside of outside of this very unfortunate Paul Anderson novel. So I uh, I rewatched the the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, the first one, which is legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie so much. It is uh, it is a core part of me. <laughs> and I reread um, the short story by Robert Howard, um, "The Tower of the Elephant." Mm. Because I, I needed to, I needed to go back to the source and and revisit. Like, okay, what is what is Conan fiction? About? And Howard's stories are so and great, right? They're so great. Yeah, it's punchy. It's it, it, it. Here's the thing: I can understand how Paul like thought he was channeling that kind of thing, but he he really missed it because it's it's so short. It's so condensed and it's so exciting well howard's, you know, howard's short stories hold uh, your attention and this this book never hit that power band where my attention was just absorbed which most fantasy novels have right so at some point shit's on and you're just into the book right and ne- no it's crazy it's, never in this there's book. a part the 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 tower of the elephant's only like 40 pages or something it's a very short story right right uh, and you know that Conan the Barbarian has many adventures and he doesn't die in it. There's a part, like halfway through the story, where Conan's fighting a giant spider. And it's like the worst giant spider in anything ever. Like, Shelob's got nothing on this spider. <laughs> like, no, this spider is described as having uh, 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 poison acid dripping from its fangs that, like, instantly burns through skin like the fucking xenomorph. Uh, it is moving around this room like the Flash. It's super fast. Like Conan is constant. Like while he's fighting the spider, he's like, "Oh no, this thing is absolutely going to be the death of me. I have to find something to do with it." And like he manages in one swift motion to like throw an entire like wooden dresser at it, crushing it. <laughs> but it's, as one does the, the entire. The entire time that it's a threat, it, you actually are like, oh, I think Conan's going to die because we just saw someone else die to it. It's it's a really well-written scene. Everyone who wants to write an action scene, like, go look at this. It's crazy. I remember I sat down and I have these I have these British editions, these two books uh, from a, a, in the Fantasy Masterwork series that are all the Conan stories. And I read those cover to cover, like right in a row. And I never slowed down, like all the Conan stories, right? And it's not like they're all equally as good but but the tower of the elephant uh the song of belit like like or the queen of the black coast sorry like like these are these are great great stories and and two of the best and and 
Yeah, this it's 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 so weird that the hunger for more stories worldwide. Apparently, there are series published in Russian and in Europe that haven't been translated to here. And I mean, they're all over comics, right? The Marvel com- from the Marvel comics to like Dark Horses. Uh, on sure, I think on the ongoing run, sword of Conan. right? There's King Conan. There's 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 uh, there's so many different things. I mean, and, and I think I told you that my favorite uh, adaptation is is within this story, the Queen of the Black Coast story, which is uh, Brian Wood's adaptation and kind of extension of the story of Belit and Conan of their love story. And it actually, in the Dark Horse run, originally it covered uh, four graphic novels, and I think now it's collected across two different graphic novels. But look for the Brian Wood run uh, in Dark Horse's Conan stories if, if you're looking for a graphic and audible uh, recommendation at all. It's fantastic. It's uh, hundreds of pages of, of fantastic Conan and Belit content uh, that's all over the place. Yeah. I just finished that. I think what's weird is, well, you, you, have, you have one of them, right? Well, you sent me uh, the song of Billy, and I think it, it it's it's a good long chunk of story i mean and, it uh and there's four it, times that ends... there's four times that the whole story like i think i sent you the end but like like the beginning it, the whole thing it's just oh and, and like some of the art the favorite my favorite sections of that are are drawn by becky clunan whose whose work is just amazing and um there, there's a host of artists who work across it and it all works very well together so yeah anyway but but, but this this book like like the things that tries to copy to seem like a Conan story of old are just bizarre to me. The the weird the weird diction, like the level of vocabulary sometimes is quite strange to me. I went back, it, it's what a Conan story seems to be, but in reading the original Queen of the Black Coast, it's not what it actually is. I think there's a, a sense of it that Anderson gets right, but I think I think it's just too long. Maybe I mean like the straightforwardness is correct, but I think I think the story is just too long. I think Anderson could have written a great Conan short story, but I think it's super hard to write a good Conan novel. Well, that's my so sense. here's the thing. I think I think that this story could have been thirty pages long. It it definitely did not need to be a novel. Right, but right. That would only but but that would only solve one of the problems. Even if this was a thirty page short story, it still would be about nothing. Like Conan really is not he doesn't learn anything from this experience. He isn't made better or worse. It's it's such a nothing story. But I think that's it, true of some of the Conan he, stories, right? I I don't think they're all about something bigger necessarily. But I No, but they but something has to matter in the story. So uh Tower of the Elephant is a good comparison because that story by the end of it isn't really it's not really about Conan. Conan is sort of the Ishmael, he's sort of the vehicle mm-hmm. through which we experience this other world. He's you know, he's in this strange city full of criminals and scum and he invades this this alien space that is and we and we see through him all of these strange, terrifying things. You know, there mm-hmm. are these uh these captive lions there's this giant monstrous spider and then we meet this literal alien elephant headed man from another world who's unto a god in some ways that is being abused by this evil priest and and conan is just there as a witness to it Mm -hmm. but it's it is uh it, it it it's something it is about something it is a it is a strange fascinating uh look into uh another world the story is not that. Well, I think the story is is not a strange, fascinating look into anything. I think Anderson's reaching for something like that, though. I, I I think I think that he's trying to make some kind of comment on civilization. Like he he puts it in Conan's mouth a few times, where Conan is talking about how 
everyone thinks barbarians aren't smart, like they're just animals, but uh, they actually. But that's a. Uh... But 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 Anderson isn't saying that original like that is in the original Robert Howard stuff all the time. No no right 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 right. But 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 I mean Anderson's trying to trying to make the book about that to some extent. Like you don't actually need civilization. Like when the 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 re- rebellious uh, land throws off the yoke of Stygia with Conan's help and the help of the axe. Like Conan's like, well you know civilization doesn't do you very much good e- anyway. Like you might as well be barbarians. It's better. Like it's kind of you know. Like, like the state, what do you end up with? The state, the state is no good. It's almost libertarian, right? You just like here, you don't, you don't need anything. You just need a, an ax. You'll be fine. You need to be just, yeah, just they, me with, there's... If, if you're a big guy with sex rolling off you, it's, it's all going to work out for you. Don't worry. Don't worry, matey. Yeah. There's some really bad takes in, in Conan the Barbarian uh, fiction as a whole. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it is not a, it is not a story about, about, good morals coming through or uh much of anything like that no there's some there's some weird ayn rand stuff in there it's it's very odd did you ever see did you ever see the movie about robert e howard no it's uh it stars vincent d'onofrio as robert e howard and uh renee zellbiger as his childhood friend and i think it's based on a book that his childhood friend wrote it's called the whole wide world and I mean, Howard, if I'm remembering correctly, was just he lived in rural Texas when he was writing the Conan stories and just lived mostly in his head. And it's just the story of their friendship. And But you get to see him kind of as a person recreated by D'Onofrio, which, who, who I think is a marvelous actor. And it's just a great, very, very quiet movie, probably from the late 90s, early 2000s. I highly recommend it. I, I think you would enjoy it particularly. I'll have to look into that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. But I mean, it's funny because it's a Conan story or it's a story like in which he talks about Conan, but there is no actual violence. So, yeah, it's it's kind of beautiful. Um, I don't know what else. I don't know what what to say about this book. (laughs) Well, there's not much to I I knew ahead of time that there wasn't going to be a lot to say about this book. We both neither of us liked it. Neither of us are going to recommend anyone read Conan the Rebel. But I I think we I, I think Anderson was trying to he was trying to have falco one of conan's companions be a more central character but then there's just no there's no investment in falco as a character because falco falco the main thing is is falco is just obsessed with this woman who he thinks is his lover who he longs for he's just pining for her it's like a very one note character throughout the whole thing and then uh at the end falco finally accepts that it's nehekba the witch and he was seduced by this witch and then he kills her right it's not much of a big big fight when Conan finally kills the evil wizard, it's not its not really a big moment. I was like, was that the wizard he just killed? It was nothing. And then there's a big battle scene that doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me either. And, and then it's just kind of over. So so it doesn't it doesn't have the payoff that I wanted it to have. Jahannan, when they free him, which you think is going to be the center of the book, is just, he's this super sad dude <laughs> who like kind of sacrifices himself for everybody, but is kind of more of a human roadblock. I, I don't know. It's just right it's such a it's such a weird mess i mean it's fascinating i but it, it, it's not uh I, I would say it's not poorly written it's it's not exceedingly poorly structured it's just i i don't know what it needs better editing uh, and a different a slightly different take like what would improve this well and, and i mean it needs to it needs to be about something uh yeah. <laughs> that at its core it it just isn't it just isn't about something you know uh the song of billy that uh, i read the ending of like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there it is it is not a meaningless story right mm. 
it's uh it's it's got emotions in it it is it is about loss it is it is about uh what what happens when one is on an adventure the sort of unforeseen you know like a lot of great fantasy fiction like most of the conan stories and like lord of the rings and there's this you know the 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 weird the weird things that become meaningful to you when you are on a larger journey that uh that take shape that you didn't know were going to happen until they until right, it happens. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think I think Offit's books. I haven't read the Conan books, but Offit's books often have like fairly descriptive sex scenes, which is probably you know from at least partially from what he was writing uh, as an author when he was writing uh, adult novels. But like, like I wonder if Anderson is the only one who didn't put a little sex. <laughs> in these conan books do you know what i mean like 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 yeah like if there was a little sex i think i think a certain a certain kind of reader would be like oh yeah yeah i get it conan are you are you advocating that paul anderson should have put a sex scene in this book a book that is already very horny it's very horny but 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 i feel like i feel like i feel like there's no possible payoff in this book just just the way it's structured or the way it's kind of shoehorned into the space between chapters one and two of Queen of the Black Coast. Th- th- there's no, there's no real room to do much else with it other than other than satisfy the horniness that it creates. Do you know what I mean? I'm disappointed that uh, Billy didn't really get to do anything in this book at all. Right. She's just on her ship the whole time doing nothing, and Conan's like, "Oh, I can't have sex with this person because Billitz will be angry at me." And it's like, "Yeah, she probably will." Well, I think this, I think this book is ripe to be canceled in a certain sense, like. Like oh no, it's there's nothing correct about this book politically or otherwise. Well, especially its treatment, its treatment of the blacks, right, which are described as like wild savages, like at worse most of the time. Like Belit's whole crew is is black. I mean, there's there's some respect paid to them, but not not a lot. I think like in in Howard's stories, this is also true to a really large extent. But it's like it's almost like Anderson was like, oh, that looks like a good idea. I think I'm just going to do that again, <laughs> right? Like I don't, yeah, I don't understand ca- the choice. Casual, yeah, casual alternate history racism is not a good thing, and I don't like it in this book or in any other story. That is a part uh, something that this is not 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 talking about Conan the Rebel, but talking about the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, haven't watched in a little while. Uh, something that I did not remember from my previous watchings of it is that uh, very early on in the movie, Conan is given like a slave girl to have sex with, and it's really it's really unpleasant. I wish that was cut out of the movie. Oh, it, like, it, it adds literally nothing. Like when it adds like nothing. Like when he's still a slave, terrible. basically when he's still turning that wheel. Yeah, it's it's there. Yeah, no, it's like right after that, but and it and it's there for like 15, 20 seconds. You know, like we don't see sex happening. But it's really unpleasant because he's in like a cage and she's put in the cage and Arnold Schwarzenegger is just making real big eyes at her. And there's like a, a bunch of men watching from the other side of the cage wall. It's screwed up. Oh, I, it's really bad. Th- that makes me not want to watch that movie again. <laughs> now I think I'm going to pass. I That's the problem. I love that movie. That scene is really bad. I hate that part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I had a I had a little fake vocabulary quiz to try to round this out. <laughs> Do you want to? Oh, yeah. For, <laughs> yes, please. For you, because you have you have a you have such a huge vocabulary. I wondered if you knew what these words meant uh, off the top of your head. Words I had to look up. Are you ready? Okay. I've, yeah, I've just played some uh, word smithery this week, so I'm I'm ready for a challenge. Okay. Don't don't promise you're not going to use the internet. You ready? 
No, I, I promise I won't. The first word is dolmen. D-O-L-M-E-N. Do you know what that means? The worst part is I totally once knew what that word was, <laughs> and I can't... Uh, is it something nautical? Nope, nope, nope. Uh, based on the context of Conan the Barbarian, it's probably something to do with weapons or armor. What? Right, right. I wouldn't give you any of those words. I, I pulled those words out of here. It's a... Um, oh, okay. Th- this is a kind of structure made of, like large stones that are placed upright in the earth something like that oh okay okay right kind of like a cairn or something uh yeah i don't know it made me wonder exactly if i knew what a cairn is although a cairn a cairn is just like a pile of stones right isn't it yeah something like that there's we're gonna we're gonna announce to the world just Just how how dumb we are are. yeah okay here's here's the next word this this is not the drug okay centrum c-e-n-t-r-u-m what does that mean well, it's center, right? It's it's it a is center. Latin ending. Yep, it is from, center. So, I mean, it just has to mean center, right? Yeah. It can't be more complicated than that. Well, it, 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 the first meaning, though, is the major part of the vertebrae in the, ba- oh, in the back. Oh, okay. Well, that would explain the Latin, the Latin ending. Right, okay, right. so it's a medical so, term. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. You're, you're one for two. Uh, your next word is debouche. I'm assuming this is French. Uh, it's from French. D-E-B-O-U-C-H. Debouche. Um... I have no idea. Was this in the novel? It was, yep. That we read? Yep, yep. Debouche. I, I, I can tell you that the passage was, uh, the stairway debouched on a hall. <laughs> oh, well, I assume it uh, it just means to sort of, to shift into, to change, to uh, to become. Uh, uh, it, be, it means to emerge, to emerge. Uh, it also, okay. it, 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 but it also, the first meaning is to march from a narrow or confined area into the open, which I think is more the sense in which, which that was uh, used there. Uh, I'll give you half a point for that. We'll say one and a half. Paul Anderson really got paid for. I think this was a this was made by a thesaurus company <laughs> to try to sell more thesauruses. The next the next word is fane. F a n e fane. F e n e f a n e fane. F a oh fane. Um. Uh. You know, it's a word that I see all the time in like D and D adventures. Right. Uh, right. 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 I think it. I think it has a couple of meanings. I think one version of Fane is kind of like a swampy area. Not true. No. Uh, no. no. Well, the other, it's like an unholy place. Uh, no. Well, what is a Fane? So then? a Fane is an ancient temple. Okay. It, it can also be a flag or a banner. And and mysteriously, the dictionary I'm looking at tells me it can also be a weathercock. <laughs> like a weather vane. A weathercock? A, we- a, weather, a weathercock. Like a, a weather vane. Oh, oh, okay. So, so, but, but I feel like it. All right, but it, ancient temple. Fine. It, yeah, it was used. It was used in the book several times to, uh, like, the fane of Set was, uh, was, was invoked a few right. times. Um, okay, and then uh, so the next word is. I think you'll get this one. It's, it's, uh, Idolin. I, I sorry, Idolin. Idolin. E i d o l o n. Eidolon, yes. Eidol- Eidolon. Uh, if anyone out there is... Sorry. A, is everyone, I, I've always pronounced it Eidolon. Uh, anyone out there who plays Pathfinder uh, can tell you that an Eidolon is a kind of spirit, uh, which is very vague. It is a phantom. But it's uh, it's it's a supernatural being. It is a phantom. In this, in this book, it is used in the second sense in the dictionary that I'm looking at, uh, which is it's an image or an ideal. So, so uh, they talk about uh, when he like in, there's an altar with a with an image of a of a full sized king cobra, golden cobra, and it's the eidolon of a cobra, 
It's the right. It's I believe the, there are also a couple of Magic the Gathering cards that are Eidolon of something or other. Nice. Okay. Here's the, here's the next one. This one may be easy for you. The word is kine, K-I-N-E, kine. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it away because I have no idea. A kine is a it's a big bird. It is not very large bird. It is the plural of the word cow. What really? Yes, yes. Only only in in old speak apparently though. And, and the dictionary I'm looking at also tells me it could mean a weasel. <laughs> I feel this is this is really uh, I I was not expecting this today, and this is really one of the the greatest stabs to my ego that I've ever had because I love old dumb fantasy words that are completely out of usage these days, well, I, and the fact that there are so many that I. I don't know. Well, well, I think I, really I think out of context, is, uh, it's, it's crushing. out of context. It's so hard to tell what these words are. Uh, let's see. The next word. Uh, let's see. Is is zariba? How do you spell zariba? Z a r e b a. Like a like an awning. I don't know. Like a gazebo. Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, it, it it is an enclosure. It's an enclosure made of like of bushes or stakes. That protects a campsite. Yeah, that or a sounds. Village. Yeah, sounds believable. It's an enclosure. Yep. So it's kind of a kind of a primitive enclosure, right? Not not like wa- well, not, sure. not actual walls or something, but like thorns. I think it's using the sense of thorns here. Um, and let's here, here's an easy one. This is this is a gimme. It's lysum. L i s s o m e. Listen, listen. Uh, Sorry, listen. I believe that this is probably a word that, in context, would be used to describe an attractive woman. Yeah, but attractive in what sense? Well, that's the problem. Is now I'm confusing it with the word lithesome, uh, which it, it, it's it's close to that word actually. Okay, well then probably skinny. Uh, not skinny, but uh, kind of like some, like you describe somebody as uh, listen serpentine. Yeah, yeah, move with move with grace and, and ease. They're kind of lithe. They're graceful. Yeah, I think I've, yeah, I mean, I read this book, obviously, but I think I've encountered that word prior to this book. Yeah, that was, you know, that, so that was one of the only ones you, uh, that I had you, thought about before, like, debouche, I you, would have guessed. You, you, this wasn't on your list because it's a weapon word, but the word that really got me from this book was uh, knob carry. Knob carry was on my list, but I thought I didn't want to ask you the weapon words because you would know those from, from D&D. Ah. <laughs> uh, and you're right, I would. Knob carry was the one that I didn't know, though, but I, every time I saw it, I was like, oh my god. Is that like a... <laughs> like, it, Anderson is reaching so hard for words is, here is that, like, that he has to... Is it like a club, like a shillelagh, kind of? Is that what it is? No, I think it just means weapon, because... Uh, so I didn't look it up, but every time that he describes as Conan is using a knob carry, it is while Conan has a sword. No, it's a... It's, like, it, he's it, just it, using... It's a short club with one knobbed end. End. Well, that's weird because he must have been dual wielding. He must have had a, a club and a sword because it was constantly like being used in between Anderson describing the scimitar and whatnot. So, oh, I actually have one of these. Go figure. I have one of these made of ironwood that my grandmother gave me. <laughs> it was what? yes, it was the uh, it was the um, souvenir she brought back for herself from a, a trip to Africa. <laughs> This is this is one of the few things of my grandmother's that I have. Oh, this is hilarious! You, ha- wow, you have you have an ironwood club. I have an ironwood club. That's uh, she used to keep it next to her bed. Need- Isn't that great? <laughs> oh 
Oh, sure. We all have a baseball bat by the bed. It's that's I mean, that's just smart. If you don't, you're just asking for someone to, to do something. She brought me back an ironwood uh, dagger, basically, that I could use as a letter opener. But I was like, oh, this thing is this thing is like oh, cool. very pointy. Uh, I don't know where that is, but uh, I do know where the the ironwood club is. <laughs> I wonder she must have brought it back from from a trip to I think she went to South Africa and around there, like in her 60s or 70s. So. Oh. Now, Jean, have you have you seen leaving behind the shores of Conan and, and the Black Uh-oh. Coast? Have you seen everything everywhere all at once yet? I have. Fantastic. Okay, I I just watched it last night uh, for the first time. It's now on streaming by the time we're recording this. So I, in fact, I I own it now. Oh wow! Uh, although that was not my intent, <laughs> but that's just you you can't get you couldn't rent it day one so. I, I now own it in perpetuity, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, you know, I liked it. I don't think it lived up to the hype. I don't think any movie could have lived up to the hype that that movie was was getting I think, for me. I think that's true. I, I, I think that I saw it expecting very little, and I was so wonderfully surprised. And I think the opposite might not be true. But I think that I think that if we both watch it again in a few months, we're going to both see what is going to be a, a classic well, that's what everyone keeps saying, and 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 I it warrants a second viewing. I I will see it again, for, you know, maybe in a couple weeks or something. I did like it, and and the thing that I like about it, w- one thing that I didn't know about this movie going into it, I knew that it was sort of this multiverse kung fu movie. I love Michelle Yeoh; she's great in it. I didn't realize that it was going to be one of these th- this new plot that just keeps. And I I don't mean to disparage this. But it's uh, it's one of these generational trauma movies that are now they're everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I I I just watched the first episode of um of uh, the Miss Marvel uh, Disney Plus show. Oh, is that on already? Oh, and, I'm so excited it, about that. Yeah, I, I didn't actually know it was out until until just now, and I watched the first episode, and it's it's fine. It's it's also you know she's uh, her mom's disappointed because she wants to go be a teenager and. That, and and so I'm seeing this story everywhere, you know, uh, Turning Red just did this, the other Disney movie that um, every Encanto did this. I think that everything, everywhere, all at once is the best version of that story and that theme that I've seen so far. Right, right, right. It does it better than the rest of them. And I think part of the reason it does it better than the rest of them is because it is centers on the mom as the main character and so we start with a character who starts off as flawed for trying to be sort of this repressive, conservative, you know, force on their child's life right. and has to, and instead of that character being the villain, and, and we get the best of both worlds because also we see Michelle Yeoh's uh, father played by James Hong, I believe his name is, a uh, great actor. He is also that, and, and so there's this multi-generational conflict that plays out really well you can say that that happens in Encanto but it doesn't really play out in that movie it's just the grandmother is kind of controlling but not in a way that would make any family watching a Disney movie really uncomfortable right well I I, I haven't seen Encanto but yeah but yeah I I think you're right the point of view character is is Michelle Yeoh's character and that's that's what makes this movie better well, that and the fact that it's allowed to actually be about a meaningful conflict that so the that, you know, the daughter is is lives a, 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 a what what's the word I'm trying to look for? The daughter is forced to keep her homosexuality a secret from the grandfather and that this is a source of conflict within the family that the that the mother is sort of the 
the the the mother is the problem here and she is our main character and she's the one who's preventing this from from you know being solved and and so if we were to compare this to Encanto which I think it's a fair comparison the problem in Encanto isn't that anyone is gay or straight or anything the problem is that there is no problem the grandmother is just kind of controlling because everyone in the family is the x-men and has superpowers Which, which I, is true. They, it's just true. They just have superpowers. They don't use it to fight crime or anything. They just use it to be better than everyone else and live in a big house. And also they have a magical house that do, that in which the tiles bake them bread every morning or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, these aren't even jokes. This is just the movie. And, and our main character, Mirabelle, so she has a grandmother who's controlling, but nothing there's nothing about mirabelle that is actually a problem she just doesn't have superpowers and nobody even hates that about her like she she's loved by her family and nobody cares and it's not an issue but we have to pretend like there's a conflict because she has to work towards solving a a conflict that isn't there and then they just hug it out in the third act after the house explodes and then they rebuild the house and everything's fine nothing matters (laughs) and and this is a, a spoilers for everything everywhere all at once if you haven't seen it already uh i this is also a little bit of a problem in this movie like all of these movies are still suffering a little bit because when you have this generational conflict story it is ultimately solved by just hugging it out and i don't love that about it like i wish that the i wish the terms were a little more concrete and meaningful but it it still works better Hmm. in this movie than it does in any others because at least like you know the 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 climax of this movie as far as i can tell and i need to rewatch it but it's like the daughter who is this sort of ultidimensional ubermensch now uh she's about to sort of commit this kind of cosmic suicide and go into this black hole and and it's just the mother's job to make sure that that she doesn't she doesn't kill herself in this sort of omnipotent multiversal way and, and that is go ahead i feel like this movie was this movie was instantly in my top 10 like like when i saw it i i, I walked out just just wowed by this film well it, it was it was it was so it was so good it was just so good i was like wow i don't often have that reaction to a film i was i was just like i'm so glad they made this movie with, with her you know? And I can see why people are saying good things about it, but also, yeah, yeah. well, it's funny because now I, I have a lot of friends who don't watch a lot of movies, who are not movie literate, media literate people. And that I'm not trying to disparage anyone mm. by this, but a lot of the things, if not most of the things that I saw in this movie, I have seen in other movies. Like, this is not the best Michelle Yeoh uh, martial arts movie but uh and and it's fine i but it's not trying to be i don't think you know it's it, it, it's uh it is the best michelle yo acting ever because it's it's the best writing she's ever gotten to act against i mean there's some great stuff in this for sure there's some real emotional beats that that hit hard that i that i love it's a good movie and everyone should see it i want i want people to see this movie i want this to be uh something that that gets talked about absolutely i also no, I I also want us to I want everyone to watch a lot of movies so that we can talk about all this is the same problem I have with Harry Potter, right? Where it's like I liked Harry Potter. I also want you to read his dark materials because it's a better fucking book that like we can we can enjoy both of them. You don't just have to go through life and say I'm a Hufflepuff on your dating profile. You can also read a second book. You are so You are you are so motivated right now, and I—I I have to say, it just occurred to me that this is the sugar rush <laughs> that we're experiencing right now. This is it. I think you're still on the sugar rush, Willow. 
On Monday, I went to Sonic, the hamburger restaurant. I saw that they have a a new summer item, limited time only. It is a Sugar Patch Kids ice cream slush float. And I. Sour Patch Kids. What did I say? Sugar Patch. I don't know what a Sugar Patch is. (laughs) That's not what you got. I'm sorry. The the, the Sour Patch Kids. You're correct. so, and I thought, oh, I want that so bad. They Their ice cream machine was broken. They didn't have ice cream that day, so I couldn't get it. So this morning I went out grocery shopping to a different to a different grocery store that I don't normally go to because it is near a Sonic that I don't normally go to so that I could get this damn slush <laughs> because a couple years ago, Dairy Queen had a Sour Patch Kids Blizzard and I was in love with it. And I had it like 10 times over that summer and I wish they still had it because I, I was in love with it. And, you know, then the next year they came out with a Sour Patch Kids ice cream that you could only buy from Walmart or Amazon. And I got that and that one was okay. I didn't love that one. It was just fine. It wasn't as good as the Blizzard one. So I got excited. So I went to Sonic this morning and I got this thing and I only got a medium, but oh my God, it was so much ice cream and so much slush. And you know what? It wasn't even good. It, it wasn't even tasty. It was. It was an experience. It was interesting. It was an experience. Was, I, I was. I, I'm walking. I'm walking my wife to work as I do every morning. And uh, it's. I don't know. It's like seven fifteen in the morning. And suddenly I get this text from you, like with, with a picture of the, the sour patch thing. I can't tell where you are. <laughs> And then you're just texting me a review as you're drinking it. I was howling. And it, it was more alarming because you're you're three hours ahead of me in Florida. And, and yeah. I was I was like, oh my God. I was just you, you try to instantly throw your throw your mind and your 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 kind of you try to imagine the taste of that. I'm just imagining the sugar rush of like a kind of a sour patch slurpee full of ice cream. <laughs> You know, that's exactly what it is. It is exactly a sour patch slur. So it is. Well, they call it watermelon flavored, but uh, I couldn't tell you. And it was it was extremely sour, extremely sour. The vanilla ice cream in it did not taste oh very vanilla. However, however, you had to every time you took a sip of the slush, you had to immediately put some ice cream in your mouth to <sighs> negate how painfully sour this slush was. Well, I, you, you know, you, you hypnotized me with your tales of this blizzard years ago. And, and I, w- I actually tried to find one, but they had just stopped serving them. And I'm so sorry. I, I, I never did get to try it. And now I'm so glad I didn't try it. Like, like it, it could never live up to the hype that you put on it years ago. No, it was so good. Well, do you like Sour Patch Kids? Uh, you know, not as much as my daughter, but I but I, I find them okay. I, I'll, I, I can eat two or three, but I, I cannot eat a bag. Okay, well, then that blizzard was probably never going to be great for you to begin with <laughs> and, and you definitely do not want to eat this slot so yeah uh am i am i a little hyper this morning maybe maybe <laughs> i also took an adderall prior to uh I, I woke up took an adderall exercised watered all the plants you know wednesdays uh, are big days for me i got a lot i got a lot to do every wednesday so did you did you do the vacuuming shape. did you is every surface in your house clean right now uh oh no i'm surrounded by filth and that's gonna get taken care of later that's on the to-do list oh i love it i love it okay let's leave it there <laughs> i don't know what our next book is but i think it's gonna be something by, by carl hyacin is that right we're still trying to decide what it is we'll f- we'll figure that out who knows okay all right well if, if you know something we should read uh whether on or off massive amounts of sugar <laughs> please let us know <laughs> email us at uh is what, what's, what's our email address the bookstabber podcast bookstabber, bookstabber podcast. podcast at gmail 
bookstabberpodcast.com, right? Isn't it, isn't I think that's that right. It? Yeah, bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Go to www.hauntedskull.com and read my comics and pay me money on Patreon, please. And, and librarycomic.com just, just to hang out. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>